And we're now being recorded. So watch what you say. Um, and so basically we're, we're going we're gonna to start off and we're just going to talk about some of the, the background, background and overview of the text. Um, and then we're gonna, after that we're going to take just 15 minutes for all of us to, to do just kind of a quick survey of the text so that we can kind of, whether you, you've been studying it uh, for years or you haven't opened the book um, in, a, in a while, um, so that we can just all, and that's why I gave you all this copy of the text. Um, Sorry. No, you're fine. Come on in. Yeah, you can just, here you go. Grab one of these. And then, Kaylee, I think you passed the rest of the, um, oh, here as well. Oh, no, sorry. I was uh, talking to her. She's got another handout that we just passed out. And we just started, so you're good. There's no problem at all. Um, yeah, that'd be great. Thanks, Kayla. And so basically, uh, after we do the background and kind of overview, we're going to um, just take a survey of the text. And so we're going to spend 15 minutes. Um, don't feel like you have to do an in-depth study of it. We're just going to kind of read through it and kind of browse through it. Um, and then afterwards, uh, we're just going to kind of talk about, okay, what are some of those key words? And that's one of the things I want you to look for is those key words. Um, and then also kind of... Uh, antithetical parallelism. That's just a big word uh, for opposites. You'll, you'll see as you're reading the book of 1 John and the Gospel of John, John loves using these polar opposites out of each other, light and darkness. And so we're gonna also just kind of talk about those. And then we'll take a break. You know, probably be about you know 45 minutes an hour into our time. Um, and then uh, you can go down to the third floor to get something if you'd like to. And then from there when we come back, we're going to talk about uh, just the purpose of the letter. Like, why did John write this to these believers? Um, and then we're going to start talking about some of the false teaching uh, that's going on kind of during that time and why it's also applicable today. Uh, and then talk about what, what are these different uh, tests of assurance um, and kind of uh, what's there. Um, and then we're also going to talk about what are these other kind of tests of assurance uh, for the believer um, and other texts throughout Scripture. And then we'll have another break, and then we'll come back kind of for the last uh, 45 minutes. Uh, We'll we'll take a a survey uh, that uh, the equipping team has asked us to take, uh, and then we'll kind of just talk through some what's kind of some final applications, and then time for question and answer, and just kind of what's something that didn't get hit on that y'all want to talk about. Um, And so, and if at any time, so... This is the room was set up with a podium and kind of rows of chairs and and I don't want that I want this to kind of be hey let, let's talk through this and let's um, discuss this and, and let's so feel free to raise your hand stop me ask a question I didn't hear that um, what about this and if we're going to talk about it later I'll just say hey we're going to hit that in a little bit and if not um, you know we may just discuss it right then. Um, so really just kind of so starting off, just want to give some background um, and an overview. So what you should have right now is you should have um, just one sheet that kind of looks like this. I've got some other things I'll pass out after each one of the breaks. And then you should also have a text, First uh, John. Um, and if you don't have a pen, uh, I've got some as well. Um, 
So anyways, the reason why I passed uh, the text out um, was that I'm going to be asking you guys to kind of uh, write in it and, and kind of note it up whenever you read through it. Um, and so I want you to have the freedom to scribble, scratch, write as much as you want. And then also I wanted all of us to be, um, so you kind of just fold it right down the, the middle if you'd like, kind of cool booklet form. And also I wanted us all to be kind of on the same, reading from the same text. That way when we come across it's like, wait, I don't see that. Someone just said this. And I know that everyone uses different translations and versions. And this way we can all kind of be looking from the same text. And so I just, uh, I use the ESV and so that's what I chose. Um, okay, so a, a background um, of, of the text. Um, so the author um, of First John is uh, John. So you kind of there's some fill in the blanks with John the disciple. Um, so the one also who wrote the Gospel of John, and, and he's he's the cousin of Jesus. And so this is the um, the disciple John, who's the cousin of Jesus, um, and he also it, it's, it's universally believed from the beginning, kind of um, during the early church, that this was written by him. And you can also see that there's a lot of same themes uh, written in First, Second, and Third John, and also same vocabulary in the Gospel of John, and also in Revelation. And so this is the guy who wrote the Gospel of John, First, Second, and Third John, and also the Book of Revelation. And so there's just, and if you kind of read both of these side by side, especially the Gospel of John, you'll see a lot of same vocabulary and a lot of same themes that, that he says in, in both of those. Um, it was written in about, uh, in between 85 and 95 AD. Um, do you need a pen? Yeah. Yeah, no problem at all. Yeah. Um, it was written in kind of 85 to 95 AD. They think uh, that he wrote this from Ephesus. Um, and we know that John, because of his writing in the book of Revelation, spent quite a bit of time kind of within the churches um, in Asia. Um, and so kind of Asia Minor, not what we think of Asia now, but more so Turkey and Ephesus and kind of Greece and in those areas as well. Um, and so for the recipients, uh, John is he's writing to believers um, and, and most of them are grounded in their faith. And we'll see that in the text. Um, and, and this is a group of believers that John uh, really loves. And you can tell that he loves these believers by a lot of the, the words of affection that he uses. He talks about, he writes to them and says, my little children. Um, you know, and so there's just a lot of terms of endearment that you see throughout this text. Um, and then the, the, one of the things you can tell from reading this text is that the readers, kind of the recipients of this, um, that their, their belief and faith has been kind of threatened and, and discouraged um, by a group of folks who have left the church, who have left their local congregation, and also by false teaching uh, and the lure of the world. And so um, kind of getting into the theme um, you know, he, he's writing this um, about fellowship with God and the assurance of salvation. And so he, he wants them, um, I'll kind of hit on the uh, some of the fill in the blanks, like he wants them to, to recognize that the belief in Christ, 
Okay, so right after that first box, a belief in Christ should be manifested in the practice of righteousness and love for the brethren, which in turn produces joy and confidence before God. Okay, that belief in Christ should be manifested in the practice of righteousness um, and love for the brethren, which in turn produces joy and confidence before God. And so, just kind of some other things that I wrote down on here is that um, John wanted his readers to have assurance of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, the indwelling of God, um, and, and so in, in the assurance of their salvation with God. And so he wanted to, them to be assured that as they've kind of had something happen in their midst that is causing them to question, um, you know, how can we know if someone who's with us is really saved? How can we know if we're really saved? Like we've seen these people who've been walking with us. We don't know how long. We can't read into the text. But there, there's a, a group of people who was with them that we'll see in a little bit that, that was with them for a season. And then they left. Um, and so they're beginning to question, and they're starting to teach these different things. And, he's, and so they're kind of wondering, okay, what is truth, and how do we know if we're of the truth, and how do we know if we're of God? And so John writes this to say, this is how we're to know um, of those who are of God, and this is how we're to be assured that we are children of God. Um, and so on those second set of... Uh, kind of fill in the blanks, is kind of wrote that uh, believers in Christ um, should slash must uh, walk in His light, manifest His love, and abide in His life. And so... Um, and then also, just to kind of let you know, uh, before we kind of, we're about to just jump into the text and read the text. And so, um, basically, one of the things John's wanting to do w- with this book is he's, he is he is wanting to encourage and, and also admonish and spur on uh, the, the believers in you know in this local church that he's writing to. Um, that there's a group of folks that have left, there's some false teaching that's going on, and he's wanting to call them back to that this is truth, and also this is how we know um, who, who are with us. And also this is how we know that, that we are also with God. And as you're, you're reading this text, and as we're talking, um, you know, there, there's a lot of things that, that I believe that John is trying to write with very strong language to say this is what is to be normative of the believer. Um, this is for those who are saved, that the old is gone and the new has come, you know, 2 Corinthians 5.17, that this is what is to be normative for the believer. Um, and so therefore, um, there's kind of to be this continued um, growth and a right belief and also a right behavior um, for those who are saved. Now, where this kind of has, there's kind of two polar opposites with um, people who, who love Jesus and, and also know a whole lot more about this book than I do. Um, and so there, there, there's a, a camp of folks that say, hey, this, this book is writing to uh, believers, but it is mainly about fellowship. So that whenever John is talking about we may know that we abide in God, that we may know we are with God, 
he is talking about these are different tests, kind of litmus tests. I remember litmus tests in high school or whatever else. You kind of see if something's acidic or basic or whatever. Like that these are tests to see if you are abiding with Christ. If you have intimate, if you, like kind of, what's the level of your intimacy with the Father? Um, and then there's another camp that says, no, 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 these, these are litmus tests for us to be able to see, you know, who is, um, who is saved? Who, who, who are people that are actually children of God and that they have a right belief in God um, and it is manifested in these different things? Um, and so just kind of to let you know, um, as we're going into the text, kind of where, where I'm coming from is, and, and I don't, I talked to a number of different folks, and I don't think this is um, kind of being PC by any means, but, but it's a little bit more in the middle. Um, and just, I, I believe that John is, is writing, and that's why I kind of on some of those kind of said that believers in Christ should slash must, or maybe it should be must slash should line up with these different tests that we'll see within the text. Um, but but I know that I can, from my own testimony, um, rec- recognize that there is there was a season, and also we, we see people within the church, you know, that there's kind of a season of kind of being pulled away from either a right belief or right behavior. And so... The question I think for a lot of us, and that we'll probably get to answer later on, is okay. So, what do we do when either ourselves are, are kind of growing distant from the Lord, or we see other people who are growing distant from the Lord, and how are we to respond to them? And so, I wanted to kind of lay my cards and kind of what I believe is being taught here before we start. But more so than anything, what what I want all of us to do is say, okay, um, as as I study the text and as I wrestle through this text. You know, what do I believe uh, the Holy Spirit through the Apostle John is trying to teach us here? Um, and so, uh, from here, one of the things we'd love for you guys to do is we're just going to take 15 uh, minutes. Um, and so, all of us, are there any questions before we kind of jump into the text? And what's your name, ma'am? What's Carly. Carly? Mm-hmm. Oh, Carly, I'm Ryan. Glad to have you here. Did you already introduce Well, we did. We can do that. Oh, my name's Chad. I'm sorry. Carly, you may already have one. Is it? Y'all probably went around and said your name. Pops? Yes. Okay. So, Carly, one of the things we did talk about is we shared our deepest sin struggle. Uh, yeah, so you can go ahead and, uh, no, uh, we, we just shared, uh, Carly, uh, just, and, and love to hear, like, what do you hope, why did you pick uh, this class, and what do you hope to get out of it? There were so many classes I wanted to go to. Um, I am new back into, I kind of, I've been gone. I walked away. I've been gone, gone, away, um, no religion, no nothing, because mm-hmm. I thought I knew it all since college graduate, you know science studies make you doubt everything and then I don't know just a year ago just started coming to Watermark with a friend of mine and because I was empty it's like there's nothing there's got to be something more so mm-hmm. I just turned back and I've been diving in and trying to read I don't know connect and read and I've been reading my Bible every day trying to read it every day and just working my way through it and um, I need a lot of help. 
So, I mean, there were, I wanted to go to every class because I just, I just need all kinds of <laughs> guidance. And so, I don't know. Um, assurance of the believer, it was just like, yeah. because I had this struggle, you know, with, um, I'm probably, y'all open a can of worms now, so I'm probably not going to show them. Um, and we were talking last night, I was talking to my dad about it. Like, if you've been saved when I was years ago, a teenager, and then you get away from it for so long, you start thinking, I really, you know, I did a lot of stuff. I turned my back, completely turned my back, to the point of not even believing, like, thinking I was brainwashed to believe in the God and mm-hmm. Creator. And, um, and I feel really bad about it. You know, I've had, I mean, every morning when I have my quiet time, I'm in tears, you know, just feeling guilt and, um, you know, it's kind of like, how bad can you be and still go back and him still take you back mm-hmm. and not feel that shame and guilt every day, you know, mm-hmm. just so sorry, you know, I'm so sorry that I did that, but, you know, I don't know, I'm just diving into it, trying to make sense of it all, so... I'm trying to break down in here. <laughs> well, Carly, if you need to, it's fine. Um, but what I want to say, I think that, um, I mean, even as we take these next 15 minutes, I think John's got some encouraging words um, for all of us um, in this. And so, uh, really glad that you're here. Really glad that you're here. Um, so, basically, over these next uh, 15 minutes, what, what we'd love for you guys to do, and again, gave you this so you can write in it all that you want, um, and you don't have to worry about you know, messing up your Bible, and so you can kind of put in there what you want to have in there. But uh, So, on the bottom of this uh, handout that we gave you, it kind of says that you serve data text, uh, just put a, put a P by time, places where you see the purpose of the letter. Um, John has kind of five or six purposes that you'll see as you read through the text. And then I kind of put wrote an example in verse 1-4. It says, We are writing these things to you so that our joy may be complete. And so John's got some purposes in why he is writing uh, these believers. Um, and there's also some false teaching. And a lot of times these you can kind of hear the echo. Like So he doesn't really say this is false, but you can hear the echoes of the false teachers in John's argument when he, when he kind of says, like in verse 1-6, if we say we have fellowship with God, um, but walk in the darkness. And so you can kind of hear these false teachers there that are saying, hey, we have fellowship with God. We are believers in God. Um, and it's okay that we walk in darkness. Um, you know, and so there, there's some kind of false teaching uh, that's going on there. And so put just an F um, by that. And then there's some tests of assurance. And these are, again, these are kind of the, what are some of these litmus tests that, that John's saying, hey, this is and so really. Um, Verse 2-3 is a great example because he says this a lot. He says, By this we know that we have come to know Him if we blank. And so it, throughout the text, and probably one of the most famous ones is First um, John 5-13, which is the verse that an equipped disciple and everywhere else we learn you know, about the assurance of salvation, you know, that I write these things to you who believe in the Son of God so that you may know you have eternal life. And so there, there's a lot of other things that have that same theme of so that you may know you have fellowship with God, you have eternal life. 
And then also, just as you come across words you think are key words, uh, fellowship, love, light, death, whatever you think. And again, there's no right or wrong answer. Just That's why I wanted to print you off one so you can scribble in it as much as you want. Um, and then we're going to... And if you don't finish it um, in the 15 minutes, that's fine. We'll, we'll just kind of come back. But um, once you just, just kind of a survey over it, it's almost like you're reading a book for junior, you know, junior year English. You know, so it's not you're trying to dig everything out of it. You're just kind of surveying it. And then also one of the things I put in here, and I think this is always helpful. Um, this is from a book called Living by the Book. And so just so you kind of know where First John is, we're way down here on the bookshelf. And so this very first page just kind of looks like a table of contents, but it's not. These are all the books of the Bible. And so this is just a really great tool, whatever book you're reading, to look at to say, okay, is this a historical book? Is it poetical? Is it prophetical? Is it Old Testament, New Testament? So we are New Testament, and we are First John is one of the other epistles. Uh, one of the other letters written by some of the people that were with Jesus. And so that's where kind of first John falls in. So it's a letter um, in there. So let, let's just take you know 15 minutes and uh, just kind of get a chance to survey the text. All right. Again, don't worry if you're on first one of chapter two. Doesn't really matter at all. We'll uh, we'll get a chance to talk through all those different things. Um, so it is again five chapters. So I know it's a, it's a lot to uh, try to just read through, and also there's there's a lot of strong language in the text as well. And so what I, what I was you know again wanting to communicate before is don't get caught up on the strong language. Let's get a chance to kind of unpack and, and talk about those things also. Um, before we, we jump into kind of talking through just some of the key words and some of those opposites that, that you saw that were in there, um, we want to kind of share a little bit again about uh, just one, you know, why is John writing this letter and, and what's going on with, with the people that he's writing to. Um, we see there's kind of two things that I see in the text that prompted this letter. And we're going to get a chance to talk about them a little bit more um, uh, later on. But one of the first ones, if you turn to, uh, I guess, John chapter 2. John chapter 2, verse 18. And you see that uh, something that's happened within this local church... Um, it says, and as you have heard, the Antichrist is coming, and now many Antichrists have come. Therefore, we know that it is the last hour. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. But they went out from us, that it might be become plain that they all were not of us. And so again, we, we can see that there's kind of distress in, in John's voice and, and also the recipients. You know, that there's some kind of angst here saying, hey, John, like you, you taught us so long ago. You know, we remember from your gospel and when you taught us just the teachings of Christ that, you know, Jesus said that, hey, my sheep hear my voice. You know, and that they, they, they follow me. That those who, who know Christ, they follow Christ. And also, you, you know, I don't have the text right now, but John also talked about, that, as, as Jesus said, um, that no one, that all who the Father gives to Christ... 
Christ keeps, and no one takes them from his hand. And so in, in the Gospel of John, and the Gospel of belief, John talked about, hey, um, those who Jesus talked about, and, and John expel, expounded on, those who know Christ um, follow Christ. They hear the voice and they follow Christ. Um, and that also no one can take them from His hands. There's no one that can be removed from the hand of Christ. No one can pluck them from the Father's hand. So John preached then on this assurance of salvation. And so with that, he's saying, hey, I'm still teaching to you the same you know, assurance that I taught before. John does not believe that you can be saved and then you can lose your salvation. And with that, he says, hey, they, they were not of us. You know, since they left us, they, they made evidence to us and to them that they were not of us. And so the same assurance that I was teaching before, that, that no one can lose their salvation, and no one can be plucked from the Father's hand, and no one can also remove themselves from the Father's hands either. Um, and he's saying, hey, that's the same thing that I, that I taught before that, I, that I'm sharing now. And this other kind of angst that is in the reader's voice is that there's these kind of false teachings that we'll get to talk about, is that... Um, that there, there's these things that they were saying that, hey, we are of God and we can walk in darkness. We are of God and we do not sin. It's kind of interesting. Like, I don't know how you can say it's okay for us to walk in darkness and to walk in sin and at the same time we don't sin. Um, it seems like there's kind of saying things against themselves. But there's just kind of these, these teachings that are going on that people are saying, hey, we are of God. We are, we are children of God. We are, have assurance with the Father. Um, but here are some things that, that we can believe and that we can do. And this isn't new to, to 1 John. Like in, in one of the places that both John in this epistle and also we see, and that I want to hit on the very beginning, is just um, Paul uh, and John both hit very clearly on what is the ultimate bedrock of our assurance of our salvation. And before we go on talking about these false teachings and these other secondary assurances, we first want to talk about what is the bedrock assurance of our salvation. So who can finish this for me? It is by what through what you are saved. Okay, well, what's the passage? What does it say? It is by grace we have been saved through faith. Okay. Not of our own works. All right? And then where is that at? Someone can jump in there. All right, some of our ED folks. All right, it's one of the first verses you memorize. Okay, Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. Okay, if you want to write that down, Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. It is by grace you've been saved through faith. And it's not of yourselves. It's the gift of God, not by works, so that no man can boast. You know, it is by grace alone that we are saved. And then when there's another, you, know, you can kind of look this up later, you know, Romans 8 1, Paul again, the great kind of uh, apostle towards this idea of justification by grace. We are saved by grace. And in Romans 8 1, one of my favorite verses, it says, um, Therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ. You know, there's no condemnation, there's no judgment for those who are in Christ. 
And I think First John, if we look at these texts, um, and I kind of went and highlighted these, um, you see that same bedrock foundation that, that John wants us to see. First um, John one nine. If we confess our sins, He, Christ, is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Again, it's not the confession that cleanses us. It is Christ that cleanses us from all unrighteousness. 1 John chapter 2. But if anyone does sin, he says, I write this so that you won't sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. He is the propitiation of our sins and not ourselves, but also the sins of the whole world. So again, this this foundation is that, hey, if anyone does sin, and he's writing to believers, he's saying, hey, for you as believers, if you sin, rest assured, your assurance of salvation, the bedrock of your salvation, isn't in anything you do or have done or haven't done. It's in Christ. And that He is our advocate with the Father. Later on, all the way into chapter 5. Everyone who believes in Christ is born of God. And then this is kind of the the bedrock of it in verse 11 through 12. And so if you want to flip there with me, verse 11 and 12, star it, highlight it, circle it. Um, So Rick, why don't you read that? Verse 11 and 12, verse chapter 5. God has given us eternal life. This life is in His Son. Whoever has His Son has life. Okay. And so, in the midst of this book, where there's a lot about, you know, loving and hate, walking in light, walking in darkness, loving the world, hating the world, um, don't be allured by uh, the love for the world, um, walking in righteousness, and practicing sin. You know, all these different things that seem like they were outworkings of the faith to give us assurance, um, and which, which is true. But one of the things, John is not going against Paul, and he's not going against Christ. He is complimenting them and saying, hey, the, the bedrock foundation for all of us of our assurance in Christ is nothing that we do or don't do, but it is always in the confidence of what Christ who He is and what He has done. So when we stand before the Father, even as we have these kind of secondary pillars of assurance in the book of 1 John, our bedrock assurance when we stand before the Father isn't even that we had faith in Christ. Our bedrock assurance is the grace of God through the person of Jesus Christ and His work on the cross. The justification of, you know, through grace. And is that first work of the Spirit our faith, our trust in that work? Yes. But when we stand before the Father and when we live in this world, our confidence with the Father is He who is in me is greater than He who is in the world. And that's, that's from First John. You know, that what Christ has done, the person of Jesus Christ and what He has done is greater and gives me more assurance than anything else. 
And so as we look at our past, and probably if we did a survey of our, you know, the room, and whether it was yesterday or 10 years ago or 20 years ago, and we surveyed our past, or if we looked into our future and see what was going to happen in the future, our assurance doesn't rest in what we did or didn't do. It rests in the work of Jesus Christ. And so, you know, before, before we go on, like there is, um, it says, hey, if you sin, or if you have sinned, if you walk away, if you have walked away, you know, we have assurance with the Father, which is our advocate, Jesus Christ, because of what He's already done on the cross. So we, we are to have confidence before the Father because of what Christ has done. Okay, so that is that is the foundation. But one of the things we see, and so and Carly, that's one of the things I want you to hear, um, is that our your confidence, my confidence, our confidence before God and before man is not first and foremost grounded upon what we believe or what we or how we behave. But it is ultimately on who Christ is and what he has done. It's on the finished work of the cross. You know, but in Paul's day and in our day, there are people who have looked upon this idea of justification, you know, by grace, through faith, and be able to say, I like that. I like this idea that I can be saved and now I can go live however I want to live and still rest assured in that finished work on the cross. And that's why even Paul, before we got to the book of John, he says in Romans, he said, you know, should we sin even more so that grace abounds? And the reason why Paul said that is that people are saying, hey, we've got grace Therefore, let us, if we sin, and let us continue to sin so that grace can even be seen as more magnificent. And, and Paul said, no, no, no. Don't, we don't continue to sin so that grace may abound. Christ died so that we would not walk in sin. You know, and, and, and James as well, he says, you know, people were again saying, hey, justification by faith, you know, through grace alone. And James comes in and says, no, no, no. If we have faith without works, it is useless. James says, hey, don't you know that the devil and the demons themselves believe that Christ is the Son of God? Like, Satan believes far greater than we do that Christ is who he says he is. But, but Satan does not, is not acquitted and does not stand righteous before the Father. Um, and so they were saying, hey, don't, don't see this grace as a license to abuse grace and to say, hey, I can now live however I want to because the grace of God covers all. Does the grace of God cover all? Absolutely. But the attitude of our hearts cannot be, you know, I can now take this and abuse it. And now John is writing to these people as well because there were false teachers that were saying, hey, we have fellowship with the Father, and it doesn't matter if we walk in darkness. We have fellowship with the Father, and actually we don't sin anymore. And so John is kind of coming into this letter saying, okay, let's come back and and talk about what is um, genuine faith to look like. And so therefore, what are our secondary pillars of the assurance of our salvation? 
And so if we want to kind of picture a house, and we'll kind of talk about um, throughout, throughout our time, is that we've got the foundation. And even Jesus said this, and, and Isaiah said this, that Jesus Christ, the Messiah, is the cornerstone. He is the foundation of our faith. Um, and so that is the assurance that we have, is Jesus Christ and what He has done. Um, and what John is pulling out of here, and we'll see also what other you know writers of the New Testament, is that these kind of complementary um, assurances that we are that we have trusted in what Christ has done is a growing and is a right and growing belief in God and a right and growing behavior that is Christ-like. And these are secondary kind of litmus tests that we can say, yes, you know, I am of the Father. Yes, they are of the Father um, because of these things. And then just one of the things I want to let you know at the very end, whenever we kind of have some Q&A, one of the things we're going to talk about is what do we do for ourselves when we are not lining up in a right belief and a right attitude towards God and when, when our own lives don't line up with the right behavior. Um, because one of the things John is not preaching, and that I'm, I'm definitely not teaching, is a perfectionist theology. That we should be perfect, you know, because Christ is in us, we should be perfect, you know, within our lives. And we, therefore, we should, there should be no sin, there should be no disbelief, distrust, anxiety, anything like that. Um, but at all times, you know, even Christ says, hey, come and, and be holy as I am holy. Be perfect as I am perfect, and that there's to be a trajectory of our lives um, that it is moving towards Christ likeness. Um, so, and so throughout the rest of our time, we're going to kind of unpack some of those different kind of arguments and then things. And one of the things you'll see as we look at the book of 1 John is that. John does not write like Paul, right? Paul is very linear, linear, and he kind of says, okay, we can make an outline kind of and go chapter 1, 2, 3, that's this. talks about right belief. Chapters 4, 5, and 6 talks about behavior. Look at Ephesians. Here's who we are with Christ. Now this is how we're to live because of Christ. And John, he's kind of all over the place, and he's more thematic. And so he writes in themes, um, but all these themes kind of interweave uh, with each other. Um, and so, uh, kind of now, looking on uh, just that page, y'all have kind of keywords. Like, what were just some of those keywords that, that, as you read, whether you circled them or not, um, that just kind of stuck out to you guys? Abide in Him. Abide. Abide in Him. And they can be a phrase, too. A word. What else? In him. Hmm? In him. In him. Love. Um, walk in the same way in which you walk. What's that? Walk. Walk. Uh-huh. Light, darkness. What's that? Light, darkness. Light, light, darkness. Yes. And just to let you guys know, I'm hard of hearing. And so if I ever, like, 
after you say something, kind of say, now what? It's not because I'm questioning uh, the truth of what you said. It is because I'm questioning what you said because I did not hear it. And so I, I had a Bible study with, I, I used to do student ministries, and I remember a Bible study shut down completely to where these folks, like these guys who were seniors in high school, like stopped participating. Because I kept on asking questions, now what did you say? And they thought that over and over again as they were giving answers that I was questioning the truth and like, ah, you're not really right there. So are you sure you want to say that? And so just to let you know, um, I'm hard of hearing. And so it is really, I really didn't hear you most likely. And so what, what are some other key ones? They just kind of... I think, uh, one of the other key words is the Spirit. The Spirit and the Spirit. Okay, the Spirit, yeah, definitely. Truth and lies. Truth, uh huh. Sin. Sin. Yeah, we see sin in there a lot. So here's some of, uh, and you can kind of write these down. Um, if, if you'd uh, if you'd like to, and so we've got um, you know especially in the beginning of, of the book, you know he talks a lot about fellowship and fellowship. This idea of fellowships in there uh, four times. He talks a lot throughout the book about especially in the first chapter, but first two chapters, light and darkness. Like you said, um, sin is in there a lot. Um, it's okay. Uh, love, love is in there. You know, twenty five plus times. And so this idea of love and loving God and loving others um, is in there 25 different times. Life. Um, he talks about eternal life and life. And in uh, about 95% of the time when that word life is in there, he, he is talking about not just we're breathing. He is talking about um, eternal life rather than eternal death. He's talking about um being in a relationship with God rather than uh, not in a relationship with God. Uh, truth is in there a lot. Uh, righteousness. Uh, and then this idea of no. Um, the word no is probably in there 40 plus times. And it's kind of broken up into two different parts that he has this idea of you may know that you know something. And then the other half of them are that we know God or that we don't know God. Um, and kind of if we take, you know, John, and so this is where some of the folks, you know, in this differ is this is he talking about when he talks about know God, is he talking about a knowledge of intimacy with God? Or is he talking about knowing God? And this is where it's beneficial to, you know, look at what how is this word used in other books of the Bible, especially the same author. You know, and if you look at John um, in the Gospel of John, a lot of times that he says, hey, um, talking to the Pharisees, you do not know the Father. Um, in the other place, he says, this is what it means to have eternal life, that you know the one true God and His Son in whom He sent. You know, that's John seventeen three. You know, this idea of eternal life and knowing God is interwoven as one and the same. And then, um, so, you know, again, like y'all said, uh, a spirit, sin, abide are all in there. Uh, what are some of these opposites, kind of these, these themes of opposites you saw in there? 
And so, like, like one of them would be uh, light and darkness. Uh, what's in... Uh... Love and hate. Okay, love and hate. I saw righteousness and unrighteousness, but I'm not really sure if they were together. Say that again. Righteousness and unrighteousness. Yeah. No, I saw them together, but I, I don't remember if they were close enough in a sentence. No, I think exactly. I mean, righteousness and, and sin or unrighteousness. Like he, he kind of says, "Hey, there, there is." Those who are walking in righteousness and those who are practicing sinning. And so he is wanting to make opposites of those. Um, you also see there's there's truth and falsehood. Okay, like um, talking about those who are of the truth and those who are living in a lie. Um, the, he talks about Christ and the Antichrist. Um, you know, kind of talking about that this is the day of the Antichrist, this is the age of the Antichrist. Love for the world versus love for the Father. Um, chapter 2, verses 15 through 17. Children of God versus children of the devil. Um, and then again, life and death. Spirit of God, Spirit of the Antichrist. And so one of the things, again, John is, is wanting to do um, is he's, he's wanting to create some opposites within this text. He's wanting to say, hey, here, these are, these are opposite from each other. You know, because if basically darkness, um, darkness is just the absence of light. All right. And so all of us have been either in a dark room, um, you know, whatever it may be. And just by lighting a match, lighting a candle or flipping on the switch, you know, the darkness disappears. Right, so darkness and light, they, they, it is impossible for them to be in the same place, right? Even in a physics 101 sense. Okay, and so you know, John, what John's trying to say is, hey, we're, we're going to separate these two because these are really different from each other. Same with truth and lies. You know, if, if we tell 90% of the truth, really that's just a lie at the same time. You know, there, there is what is absolute truth, and then if anything is different from that absolute truth, it is no longer truth. It's not, it's not partially true. It's, it's false. Um, to be partially true is to be completely false. Um, yes? I uh, just now noticed that our, um, that these are very helpful in clarifying. Some of these wondering if they're saved, and you know, I'm sure uh-huh. these uh, contrasts help clarify uh, to them. They can you know, meditate on that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's one of the reasons. And and John uses. And so we're we're going to spend you know the next. We're going to take a break. Um, I mean, do we do we need a break? Um, no, don't feel like. Yeah, okay. Don't feel like no, you can press on if you. Uh, so yeah, we'll, we'll take a break. And so when we talk about, and we're just, here's kind of where we're going is we're going to talk about next, and this will be kind of the majority of our next time is the purpose of, of why he's writing. We'll, we'll kind of have some things that we've already said. Um, what are the false teachings that are going on during that time, and how are they also prevalent today? Um, and then also, what are those what are those tests of assurance? Um, what are those kind of polar opposites that, that John's wanting to bring to light 
that, that we can reflect in our own lives and also as we're ministering to other people um, and talking to other people, being able to draw back to. And so that, that's where we're going to be going next, and I've got another whole handout for that, so don't think that you're missing some. I just didn't want you to go ahead if you're kind of getting bored where we were.